Welcome to a Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the consecration to St. Joseph. My name is Father Adam Potter, and we've made it to day 25. Today we'll continue our journey by looking at St. Joseph as the glory of domestic life. We also enter into this last novena, nine days before the consecration. And for our preparation to make the consecration prayer, we're going to start praying the actual act of consecration each day for these next nine days. Why? Well, I think it's important to know what we're going to pray at the very end of this journey. And if you go, if you're following along with Father Donald Calloway in his book, you see that he has a couple consecration prayers in the back, starting on page 235. And no disrespect to him and his consecration prayer, but I've been really struck, as you're not going to be surprised, by St. Peter Julian Amard in his act of consecration prayer. So I'm going to be stealing his. It's on page 237. And just going through, we'll pray the whole thing each day for the next nine days. And I'll just offer a reflection on uh, one paragraph or one section each day. Um, again, why is this important? Well, I, you know, I think about a couple preparing for their wedding vows. And it would be really unfortunate if on the day of their wedding, they get there and they're repeating after the priest that I, Joseph, take you, Mary, to be my wife. I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad. It's like, what? In bad times? <laughs> I have to stay, right? Of course, hopefully a couple is able to know these words and even to pray over them and even say them to one another in a way that doesn't actually consecrate them in these marital vows. No, there's actually a form that it has to be public with two witnesses and a minister of the church and in a church, right? There are these things such that you can't accidentally get married. And so here's what we're doing. We're going through this preparation um, because it's not only about the words that we pray, but it's also the engagement of our minds and our hearts that is so important to this. And that comes from this engagement and familiarity that I think can go a long way. Also, one last anecdote. I remember going through the Marian consecration with an individual who was really struggling with, I don't know, is can I give this to Mary? Can I say this about her? Like, is what is this relationship all about? And finally, I showed him the actual consecration prayer that we were going to pray at the very end of the preparation. And it was just a connection for him to say, oh, I can do that. <laughs> I can give myself over to Mary in this way. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's awesome. And sometimes it's easy to get lost in the, in the details of going along the way. So I think this will help us hopefully just to orient ourselves again with where we're going uh, and what it is that we're actually offering of ourselves to Joseph um, in this entrustment. Well, if you're ready then, enough talking, Father. Uh, let's pray, invoking the Holy Spirit and then praying the, our, our act of consecration. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. An act of consecration to St. Joseph. 
I consecrate myself to you, good St. Joseph, as my spiritual father. I choose you to rule my soul and to teach me the interior life, the hidden, the life hidden away with Jesus, Mary, and yourself. Above all, I want to imitate the humble silence with which you shrouded Jesus, Mary, and yourself, and even your own happiness. For me, everything lies in that. Total abnegation like our Lord in his hidden life, making the world forget me by my silence and my practice of the common life. I consecrate myself to you as my guide and model in all my duties, so that I may learn to fulfill them with meekness and humility, with meekness toward my brethren, my neighbor, and all with whom I come in contact, with humility toward myself and simplicity before God. I choose you, good saint, as my counselor, my confidant, my protector in all my difficulties and trials. I do ask to be spared crosses and sufferings, but only from self-love which might vitiate their value making by making me vain over them. I shall honor and love and serve you with Mary, my mother. Never shall I separate her name from yours in my love. Gladly I would be like you, St. Joseph, a poor carpenter, unknown and despised, food for the roots of the tree, the master's gardener who never leaves the garden, who knows nothing but his plants, who loves only his flowers and sees only their fruits and dies in the corner of his hut in the arms of Jesus and Mary. We do not know the place of your burial, so we cannot honor your remains. You leave behind you only your mantle of poverty and humility. O Jesus, give me Joseph for a father, as you have given me Mary as a mother. Fill me with devotion, confidence, and filial love. Listen to my prayer, please. I know you will. Already I feel more devout, more full of hope, and confident in good St. Joseph, your foster father and my adopted father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, wow. Um, hopefully you can appreciate why I've been drawn to that, and even just to get a glimpse of this love that St. Peter Julian Amart has for Joseph, Mary, and most especially Jesus, right? So this is the consecration. That's the prayer, right, of this entrustment of wanting Joseph to be all these things, to lead us in these ways that we might imitate him as our model and guide. Incredible, right? Hopefully that helps to to clarify if you haven't taken a look ahead, you don't know what's coming. This is it. Joseph, I want to be like you. Um, Yeah, I want you to be with me, walk with me, guard me, give me, give me your virtues. And this is what we've been doing the whole, the whole time, but hopefully now it can be a little bit more clear. Just to break down the, this first part of the consecration prayer of consecrating to myself to you as my guide and model in all my duties, that I may fulfill them with meekness and humility. It's in a way that we come again to appreciate the way that Joseph is not dead and gone, but alive and real and wanting to walk with us in all the ways that he walked with the Holy Family and led them fleeing from Bethlehem into Egypt, protecting them in that foreign land, navigating through these difficult decisions, maybe different attacks, maybe moments of poverty, discouragement, everything else, right? That he wants to do the same for you and for me. If we would invite him in, if we would invite him into our, our life that 
can be filled with a lot of different complications and difficulties, darkness, insecurities, fears, that Joseph, be my guide. Be my guide. I consecrate myself. I entrust myself to you. And it's especially with meekness and humility. Meekness and humility. Meekness and humility, in a lot of ways, they're, they're interchangeable. Sometimes we hear meekness and we might think of weakness. But, you know, Jesus has uh, strong words for the meek. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And I wonder if he had Joseph in his mind, right? <laughs> Joseph, who in his meekness, it was this lowliness that he was able to find the truth of who he was not an over-exalted state of his dignity, which he had every right to be able to be built up in. Yet he chose to offer himself as the servant of the Lord, as the humble servant of Mary. And it was in this that the meek shall inherit the earth. Why? Because it's in this place of lowliness that there's able to be trust built, relationships won over. And it's in this that we're able to expand our capacity to love and to have greater influence and dominion over well beyond if we were to just go on a power surge and try and take over the whole world. No, it's actually the meek who by love and service and generosity are able to inherit the earth through an imitation of God's own love for us. It's in this, right? This humility, this simplicity before man and before God that we seek to imitate. And this will lead us in, I guess, just to the the second and final point for today. And it's to take a brief but hopefully meaningful look at what it means that Joseph is the glory of domestic life. I think in a lot of ways, domestic life has been greatly overlooked in our contemporary age today. And uh, yeah, Hopefully that rings true, right? I mean, how many of us see what is valuable based on what is successful in the eyes of the world? And as opposed to, right, right? Like, why is it hard to see value in the domestic, in the home life? In a lot of ways, it's because it's so hidden and it's so simple. It has to do with all these different menial tasks and tasks that you don't get rewarded. You don't get a raise for, you don't get an applause like, yeah, way to clean the bathroom. It's just like, it's so, it like no one sees it except for the Lord and our guardian angels. Or maybe those people that we live with can be impressed by like, you cleaned up the kitchen or you did the dishes or whatever that is, right? It's that hidden, it's that hidden life that I think is so easy for us to reject and want to be more accepted and approved of in the sight of the world. And yet, The church has called the home, the Ecclesia Domestica, the domestic church, that it's actually in the confines of the home, in its simplicity, in its hiddenness, that it can actually be a place of prayer, of worship, and ultimately of the love of God. And here's where Joseph, Mary, and Jesus bring this home in such, pun intended, bring it home in such a real way. They, They were able to see their home in it, all of its simplicity, as opportunities for true worship of God. And here's where maybe we can just ask ourselves, right? Like, does my home look like a church? Does it look like a home that's set apart, not just for a place to crash, a place to consume, a place to, um, I don't know, recover and then go out and do the really important things? Or is it a place that there are holy and sacred images 
a crucifix in every single room, images of the Holy Family, of the saints. Do I have a holy water font in my home? A place where I can bless myself and to be reminded of the fact that I've been claimed by our Heavenly Father in the Son and through the Holy Spirit. I don't know, do I have different bells? Bells are such a sacred and consecrated thing that whenever we ring them, we're able to be reminded of the way that all of space and time has been consecrated by God. Right? These just different things, and whether it's statues or candles, that can allow our homes to be great places, these schools of prayer, these schools of virtue. And it's in this that we come to really imitate the Holy Family. Here's this great insight. This is from a a Father Faber who lived in the the 1800s and wrote about Joseph's, again, humility. He calls it abasement, just a total emptying of himself that with all the tools that he had, he may be tempted to go out and change the world. He invested himself in his family and it was there that he was able to experience the presence of God. Here's what he says. St. Joseph's humility was fed all through, the, through life by having to command Jesus by being the superior of his God. The priest, who has the most reason to deplore the poverty of his attainments in humility, is humble at least when he comes to consecrate at Mass. So here he's making the connection between Joseph and husband's fathers as being the head of the family as being connected to the priest, who, although having the highest of dignities, being conformed to Christ the head, it's in his humility that he's able to hold the living God of the universe in his hands and command what even all of the angels and all of the saints can't do. But the priest, whenever he says, this is my body, that host is no longer the host, but it's actually the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So this is what he says about Joseph. For years, Joseph lived in the awful sanctity of what to the priest is but a moment. Awful means filled with awe and wonder. The awe-filled sanctity of what to the priest is but a moment. The little house at Nazareth was as the outspread square of the white corporal. All the words he spoke were almost words of consecration. He was a priest of the infant Jesus, neither to sacrifice him nor to offer him but only to guard him, to handle him with reverence, and to worship him. Maybe this is more like a deacon, where he might bear the precious blood, but not consecrate it. St. Joseph was the priestly sacristan, to whose custody the tabernacle was committed. This was more his office than saying Mass. All this was in keeping with his reserve. End quote. So hopefully you can see and appreciate the, the way that we're supposed to reverence our homes. That even the home at Nazareth was even like a corporal. It's that cloth that's on the top of the altar to be able to catch any single particle of the sacred host that might fall. It's this recognition that what lies on top of me is sacred and holy to God. It, it is God himself. And so it's the priest who's able to actually command Jesus to be present And in a way, Father Faber was saying, so maybe that's not so much Joseph, not to command Jesus to be present, but actually to receive that he is present. And rather than more like a deacon to be able to minister to him, who's the great high priest who will offer himself. 
amazing, right? It's like, I, I just don't know how often I would think of my own family life like that or home life as truly being ways of ministering in that and allowing the home to be this corporal where God is so present. But that's what we're invited to. And that's what giving ourselves over to Joseph can really give us access to. Okay, well, hopefully that makes sense. And we can just prayerfully consider how Joseph wants to allow our homes to be even more domestic churches, places of prayer, school of virtue, and a place to encounter the living God in our midst. With that, let's close with our our prayer. We'll pray our litany to St. Joseph, as we always do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the Son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph, most just, pray for us. Joseph, most chaste, pray for us. Joseph, most prudent, pray for us. Joseph, most courageous, pray for us. Joseph, most obedient, pray for us. Joseph, most faithful, pray for us. Mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose Blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector. You who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Through the intercession of the most chaste heart of Joseph and the immaculate heart of Mary, may Almighty God bless, keep, and protect each and every one of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, So good to be with you. As always, if you enjoyed this, I'd ask you to please like, subscribe, and even leave us a comment. If you'd like to support this podcast and the work of Dry Bones Ministries, check out our website at drybonespgh.org. A lot of good things going on. I would beg you for your continued prayers. And uh, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. 
especially as we come into these last nine days, we could call it, this is a, a rounding of third base coming into home. And there can be a lot of temptations to, um, whether it's um, missing a day or maybe going astray or whatever, growing lax. If we fall off, let's get back on. Let's stay focused and just appreciate the Lord is doing so much. And right now, Joseph has been given more access to work in our world, in our church, in our in our own lives than ever before. And He's working. He's working. So know that I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. I look forward to being with you tomorrow. And St. Joseph, pray for us.